Um, last week, uh, Trevor preached brilliantly, but he started his sermon saying that because he's a math teacher, he had no jokes or amusing ac- anecdotes, and then went on to be very funny, of course. Um, <laughs> I am not a maths teacher, and so I have no excuse for having no um, jokes or amusing anecdotes. But I have to say that all week, James has been coming to me with all sorts of funny openers. And so if it's jokes you want, you need to find him at the end of the service, because I couldn't get any of them out without blushing or just losing you straight away. Uh, <laughs> and when I say James, I mean the James sitting here next to Anna, not James Miller. <laughs> Although he may have a few funny jokes up his sleeve as well, who knows? You'll have to find out after the service. Anyway, we're coming towards the end of this little series we've been looking at over the summer, the one another's, the things that we're called to do, the way we're called to love one another as Christians. And next week, Anna's going to be finishing off um, the series. But this week, today, we're thinking about bearing with one another, bearing with one another. And when I sat down to start thinking about today, um, I couldn't help but think of the actress Sally Phillips for a couple of reasons. I don't know if you know uh, Sally Phillips. Um, You might know the BBC sitcom Miranda. And um, Sally Phillips plays a character called Tilly, um, who's a really annoying friend of Miranda. She's, um, She's got a catchphrase that goes, bear with, bear with, thank you. If they're in the middle of a conversation and her phone goes, she whips her phone out of the pocket and everything has to stop while she takes the call, saying, bear with. And I guess what we're not thinking about today is that bearing with gives us license for rude or bad behavior. It's not, and it's not about that. And also, I think it's worth saying that talking about bearing with one another, bearing with people who we find tricky or difficult doesn't mean that bad behavior is okay. And I would refer you to listen back to John's sermon early in the series about forgiveness that said that um, bad behavior does need tackling, not necessarily by us, maybe by someone else. And that sometimes it's not possible to uh, live a lovely reconciled life with some people. Sometimes that's not wise or possible. But that's forgiveness and that's a close cousin but not the same as bearing with one another. Just before I pray to really launch into this, I've just had something really on my heart uh, this week in particular when I was preparing for today. And we might think of bearing with people who we find annoying or difficult, but there's a different kind of bearing with, and that's the kind of gentle, quiet bearing with that happens day after day by people who are carers, And you might be like Katie, and you might work in um, the caring profession, but you might also care for a family member, and you've been doing that for years. Maybe you're a very good friend, and you care a lot for a friend who's struggling at the moment. And that can be quite a lonely place to be. It can be at a difficult place. It can be a place that takes you right to the ends of yourself. And I really felt, if you hear nothing else today, that God says that he sees you, he knows what you do, he sees the care, he sees that it's hard, and he loves you, and he wants to strengthen you, and he wants to encourage you today. So if you are caring, that's God's word for you. He sees you, and he loves you, and he wants to strengthen you, okay? But let's pray together.
Lord, you know that life can feel quite difficult sometimes, and we find other people really difficult sometimes. Yet we hear your call, not only to love you, but to love one another, to love our neighbours. So as we take time to explore what it means to bear with one another, would you help us and guide us so that we would truly live a life worthy of the calling that you have given us. And we ask this in your name. Amen. So today, as we think about bearing with, I've got three questions and I've got three images to help us think about this subject. And if you can't see the screen, I'll explain the picture so you know what we're thinking about. So the first image is that of a donkey. A donkey. A donkey is an important animal to me, and I know here on Guernsey, donkeys are very important. I've only been living here about a year, and about three times in the last year, someone has said to me, I'm a real Guernsey donkey. I'm stubborn, me. <laughs> and so normally we associate donkeys with being really stubborn, but today I want you to kind of change how you think about donkeys, and instead of them being about being stubborn, I want you to think about donkeys being patient. Because if we're going to bear with one another, we need to be patient with one another. I've already said that I found myself thinking about Sally Phillips when I was preparing for today, not just because of her irritating Tilly character, but because of the passion and the love that she has for her son, who has Down syndrome, and she's a passionate advocate for people with learning disabilities. And some of you know that before coming here, I had the great privilege of working with a group of adults with learning disabilities. And I was remembering back to the second COVID lockdown in the run-up to Christmas, and all our indoor sessions had to be shut. And so we were creatively trying to think, what could we do in the open air with this group? And we decided to embark on a journey to Bethlehem, not literally, but to get everyone up and moving and walking around, trying to cover the equivalent distance from Bath to Bethlehem. And what journey to Bethlehem would be complete without a donkey? And so we invited Danny the donkey to come and visit us. <laughs> That's Lily with Danny the donkey. So each member of the group got the chance to groom Danny and then to take him for a walk around the village where we were meeting. Now, Danny was stronger than anyone in the group. He could move more quickly than anyone in the group. And I'm sure he was very keen to get back to his net of hay. And yet he chose to be gentle. He chose to be patient. He chose to walk at the speed of his companions. And it was very moving. I don't think I can quite articulate how beautiful it was to see this donkey allowing himself to be led at this slower pace, going in a direction he wouldn't have chosen, and wearing a ridiculous Christmas hat. <laughs> and I think there's a model in there for us. <laughs> can you see yourself as a patient donkey like that? <laughs> There's a challenge there for us to go at someone else's pace, to resist that drive for speed, to let go of our own agenda, not to snap, not to be angry, not to be fighting for our own way. 
To be like that takes great strength and patience. I wonder who it is that really tests your patience. Maybe it's anyone else on the road who's driving a little bit slower than you. What are you like behind the wheel of a car? What are you like when you're in the slowest queue at the checkout in the supermarket? I wonder what it is. Maybe there's someone in your family <laughs> who really tests your patience. Maybe it's coming into church and someone sitting in your seat. How do you cope with that? I'm sure no one thinks like that because we're all welcome to sit anywhere, aren't we? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you might think I'm making a theology out of just a fraction of a verse in the Bible, but this idea of bearing with one another patiently runs throughout the Old Testament, um, not the Old Testament, well, maybe in the Old Testament, but the New Testament in particular. And Paul um, says lots of things. He says, when we are cursed, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. When we're slandered, we answer kindly. In Ephesians, he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. He says in Romans, we who are strong should bear with the failings of the weak. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love bears all things. So when we think about bearing with one another, let's think of that gentle, patient donkey. And let's love like that. The second question is why should we bear with one another? Why should we put ourselves to this pain? And the second picture is some hidden treasure. Um, there are some gold coins there kind of emerging from the mud and soil. I've come to um, another BBC sitcom on the television fairly recently, and that's The Detectorists. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about... Um, a small group of metal detectorists in the Suffolk countryside and what they get up to uh, and what they find. And so because I'd been watching that recently, when I went to Jersey a couple of weeks ago, I went to La Hougue B. I don't know if anyone's been there. There's quite a few interesting things to look at. And one of the things there is an exhibition that tells the story of two metal detectorists who followed a rumor they'd heard from an older lady and they amazingly, after a lot of persistence, suddenly found the biggest hoard of Celtic coins in the whole world. There were 70,000 coins all hidden in this field in um, Jersey. Hidden for centuries under the ground and have just been revealed. And this idea of hidden treasure related for me to this idea of why we should bear with one another. And the first is that each of us has hidden treasure within us. There's the verse, isn't there, in the Bible about us being like um, jars of clay, but the treasure is within. And that precious treasure within is this precious relationship we have with God. In the reading that Tricia read, it talks about the fact that he sees us as being chosen and loved and holy, that's how he sees us. And we start each day with that knowledge, that precious treasure inside. But it's not a treasure to be hidden and private and kept away. It's a treasure that should transform us from the inside out. It's a treasure to be shared 
with everyone around us. It's meant to change the way we behave. We're not meant to be stomping around grumpily and slandering people who annoy us. Instead, we're meant to treat people the way we treat people, the beautiful way we treat people should be a distinguishing mark of being a Christian. Our character should reflect the character of God. We learned this time last year that God is slow to anger and so should we be. We can never pay God back for his, all that he's given us, his life, his death, his resurrection. We can't pay him back, but we can pay it forward to other people in the way that you can come to the cafe on a Thursday and Friday and buy a little voucher to give someone else a meal or a drink. In the same way, the way we treat one another is paying forward the great love, that treasure that God has given us. And another reason why this um, treasure is there is because it represents something that is very, very precious to God. And we learn about it through the whole, um, the whole of the Bible. And that is unity. God loves it when Christians live together in unity. When it comes to our health, the thing that many of us dread is a diagnosis of the big C. But there's a different big C, which can also wreck churches and families and friendships, and that's conflict. Conflict can destroy relationships. There's a Chinese saying that says, one moment of patience may ward off great disaster. One moment of impatience may ruin a whole life. And that's true, isn't it? Those things said in the heat of the moment that can never be forgotten. So if we bear with one another, it's a good way to start in preventing conflict and preserving peace. And finally, that little bit of treasure there represents not the treasure in us, but the treasure in the other people around us. In our arrogance and in our speed, we can miss the good things that God has placed around us. We can miss the treasure to be found in situations that perhaps we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. That lovely group of adults with learning disabilities I worked with taught me so much. We couldn't do anything quickly. Everything had to be done slowly, but in that space, I learned to stop, to look around me, to see the beauty in the world around, to notice the seasons as they passed. There's something very powerful at taking time to understand from someone else who processes or experiences the world in a very different way. We gain so much. Just listening to someone who repeats the same question again and again and again, if you allow it, can lead to some very profound and deep thoughts which will enrich you. Perhaps, like the metal detectorists, if we can have the humility and the patience to dig deep, we will benefit through spending time with others, bearing with one another patiently and gently. So that's the two pictures so far. We've had the donkey and the hidden treasure. And the third and final image is this. So these are three friends who are on pilgrimage together. 
they're on the Camino in Spain, and there's a friend at the front who's holding straps, and he's pulling the next friend who's in a wheelchair, and then behind is the third friend steadying the wheelchair at the back. And when you look at that image, I wonder what you see. It's certainly an uphill struggle. I wonder which of those three characters you feel that you are. I wonder which character you think Jesus might be. He appears in that picture. Is he the one at the front leading the way? Is he steadying things at the back? Or could he be the one in the wheelchair? I like to think he is. You can think about the story of the sheep and the goats. I was watching television again. <laughs> this is my third and final television story. I'm so sorry. I do do more than watch television. Um, but every Easter, there's a story, um, a story, a program on television called Pilgrimage, and it takes a group of celebrities on some sort of pilgrimage walk or journey. And this year, they were walking through Portugal. You may have seen it. And this was the conclusion of one of the young women who was part of that group. I want you to see what you think about what she said. Before the pilgrimage, I'd always had a preconceived idea of religion and faith being all about God and a higher power. But actually, what I've learned over this journey was that religion isn't necessarily about a higher power, it's about how you are as a human being to other humans. It's not about your inner beliefs, it's about how you behave and how you portray yourself. And that's more to me what I think spirituality and faith is. What do you think about that? I think on the one hand, she's spot on that how we treat one another is vital, it's so important, it's an important way of walking out our Christian life. To be people of integrity, we are called to love one another. But I don't know about you, but her words also made me feel quite sad as well, that perhaps she'd missed an opportunity there. Because I can't imagine faith without God at the center. And I definitely can't imagine being able to live out his calling in my own strength. I need his strength to do it. Katie said that as well when she's saying she needed to keep close to Jesus to keep doing what she does every day. Our reading was from the book of Colossians in the first chapter. It talks about how we can live a life pleasing to God and part of that is allowing him to strengthen us by his power so that we might have great patience and endurance. Earlier this week, um, Dave popped into the office and asked what I was going to be talking about today. And he said, yes, but how? And um, that was a very good question. <laughs> so I've been thinking about that since then. And um, number one thing is, of course, asking God for his strength and help. But on a practical level, I would say that um, tiredness is a killer, <laughs> literally. And there's something very practical about just making sure we don't get to the absolute end of our limits because the most holy saint finds it very hard to bear with anyone else if they're completely exhausted. So 
if you are caring, if you're with difficult people, it's so important to make that time to do those things that refresh and energize you. Another little um, thing that I think's helped me is I have a little prayer that I pray when I cycle into work, when I'm walking the dog in the morning. And one of the lines in, in my prayer is, let's, I've, I've talked to God about what I'm thinking is going to happen that day. And then I say, um, let any interruption that comes be an opportunity to serve you, God. Let every opportunity that comes be an opportunity to serve you, God. And I, I like to think and I hope that in a way I'm sort of rewiring my brain and my outlook that anything that comes and interrupts my plan isn't a cause of irritation, but is actually an opportunity. It might be God coming to me in a different way and an opportunity to share his love. And I guess my third little takeaway for you, which you won't find in the passage, but are three little words that might help you in a moment of extreme exasperation. And those are stop, look, and listen. If you feel like you are just about to lose your rag with someone, you have to stop. You have to stop. Maybe walk away, get to take a breather, but don't enter into that argument. Stop. Then look. Our passage at the beginning talked about um, looking beyond earthly things and raising our eyes to look at God, to look at Jesus, to look at things above. And of course, mindfulness has great value, but sometimes we need to look up. And we had some beautiful songs that reminded us to look up and to look to Jesus, because when we do, then we remember who we are in him, that we are holy, chosen, and dearly loved. But we also remember that the people that we're with who are driving us crazy, they are also holy, chosen, and dearly loved. And that gives us compassion for them. As we look up, we know that God will also give him, his, us, him our strength. Give us his strength. And he'll remind us that we're not alone. We are here together in this beautiful family and we're here to support each other. And then listen. God, where are you in this? And what can you teach me through this painful situation? So stop, look, and listen. So I'm coming to a conclusion now. You might have heard that um, the church has been described like a bunch of porcupines gathering together on a cold night. Have you heard this? <laughs> Can you, you know what a porcupine is? So on a cold night, we huddle together for warmth, but the closer we get to each other, we spike each other with our quills. And so we draw back, and the whole night is this process of drawing together and then pulling away because we hurt and frustrate each other. It's hard to bear with one another. We also live in this age where speed and efficiency and productivity are everything, but those aren't God's priorities. John Swinton is a guy who's done some amazing work in the area of learning disability, mental health, and dementia. And he says this, Jesus, who created the universe, the God who throws the stars into the heaven, is a slow God, a God who takes time to love. When you begin to recognize God in this rather countercultural way, 
things begin to change. Things begin to change. And actually what begins to change is us. We'd dearly love to change the people around us sometimes, wouldn't we? But the only person that we can change is ourselves. Pastor Larry from um, the Philippines says this, Ultimately, the place to begin in any relational issue is with oneself rather than others. Bearing with one another refers to the offended, not the offender. God is more focused on the Christian who is to bear with others rather than the one who caused the problem. By enduring, the offended can think and act like Christ towards the offender. Let us bear with one another with God's enabling and for his glory. So, as you go on your way today, remember the donkey, remember the gold coins, and remember those friends on that pilgrimage journey, because they're all pictures of us. Shall I pray to finish? Lord Jesus, thank you for this calling to bear with one another. And we only do it because we're so aware that you bear with us all the time. You are slow to anger and so full of love. Lord, may today our words and our choices and our actions be offered as a true expression of worship to you. May we who are chosen, holy and dearly loved by you step forward into this new week appointed by you that we may journey through its days in the grace, the patience and the gentleness of your love. And we beg that your spirit would help us do this. And we ask this for your glory. Amen.